Today is March the 2nd. You should be reading the last chapter of the book of Acts together with me today, Acts chapter 28. Some highlights I have from this chapter is just the urgency Paul has, right? We begin the chapter with Paul is shipwrecked on the island and he could have been tired. He could have been like, man, I'm tired from the journey. But the urgency of the mission of Paul to help everybody everywhere follow Jesus kept him going. He gets to this island, he's bitten by a viper, crazy things happen. They think he's a god for a little bit and they're like, he's like, no, I'm not a god, but I serve God. And he uses his opportunity to point the people of Malta to Jesus. And then after there for a little bit, they finally get to Rome and he uses opportunity after opportunity, even in house arrest, to point people to Jesus. Paul lived like every moment mattered to point people to Jesus. Now he wasn't promised another chance to tell people about Jesus. And so he used them for his advantage. It's a highlight I have from this passage. And I love that Paul was always ready to talk, whether it was to the Jewish people in Rome or whether it was to the people of Malta, Paul was always ready to have a hope message about what God wanted to do in the lives of people. That's something I can learn to do as well. Something I learned about Jesus from this passage is that he longs for people longs for people everywhere to follow him. And because Paul was urgent in keeping the message at the forefront of his mind, when Paul gets to Malta, there's this chance to start a diverse kingdom of God, right? We've already seen this in the book of Acts, that God wants people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue worshiping him, all of creation coming back to the kingdom of God instead of just the Jewish people. And it started as a little thing in Israel and it spread out to all the nations. Jesus longs for everybody everywhere to love him. Your neighbors, your coworkers, the people at the store, everybody everywhere following after God. No matter what they look like, no matter what they think, no matter how they dress, whatever, he longs for people to become surrendered to his kingdom. And Jesus longs for you to help him accomplish that. I love this, that we get opportunity after opportunity, whether it's the people of Malta, the people of Rome, the Jewish people of Rome, the Jewish, the Gentiles of Rome. Paul, God, uh, Jesus through Paul shined a light into their lives and said, hey, I long for you to join my family. That's what we learn about Jesus. He wants everybody everywhere to follow him. What we learn about people is that sometimes the message can't, doesn't get delivered well, right? You have at the beginning of Malta, there's people that hear the message of Paul and they get super excited about what God wants to do through them. And on the reverse side, the Jewish people in Rome kind of get frustrated. Some of them believe Paul, some of them don't believe Paul. But what we learn is that it's not what they were expecting, so they didn't have ears to listen to it. Sadly, I think some of us have the same problem. I know I can be stuck that way. That when God moves in a way I don't expect it, when God moves through people and things I don't plan on, then I kind of go, is that really God? Is that really you? Instead of letting it happen, we read earlier in this book of Acts about a guy named Gamaliel. And he was, is in Acts chapter 5, they were talking to the Sanhedrin and they were talking to uh, Paul, or sorry, Peter and John and, and his disciples for preaching the good news. Gamaliel sent them out and he said, hey, we need to not fight these guys. Because here's the deal. If these guys are preaching a message that's of human origin, it's going to fail. God will stand against it. But if they're preaching a message from God, then we are standing against God and we will fail. I think sometimes I have this problem. I think sometimes you do too. That we see things and we're saying, oh, I got to intervene. 
And sometimes we just need to say, that's not my job, that's God's. I need to be faithful with the message and the mission. And I should not be surprised when God moves in ways that are unexpected. And neither should you. So, what's the next step? Don't be surprised when God moves in ways that are unexpected, right? The next step also is to remind myself that God desires everybody everywhere to fall in love with him, to join his family. So my challenge to you today is, who have you told about the kingdom of God to? We've had this challenge from Adam to our staff, and I've been challenging some of our worship teams to do this too, to have kingdom conversations. And all that looks like is using every moment you've been given. So whether you go to a gas station, whether you go to Walmart, to build relationships with people. And as you build relationships, point it back to Jesus. Say things like, hey, God has a plan for you. When they they bring up that life is rough, like, man, I understand that. Before Jesus, my life was rough too. Not in a weird way, but if Jesus is the hope of the world that you profess and that I profess, then why wouldn't we want them to hear about it? Who knows? Maybe God puts you in that gas station, in that store, or around the fence talking to your neighbor at that moment because he's been working on their heart and he's ready for you to open your mouth and share the word of God with them. So be ready. I want to challenge you this week to have kingdom conversations with people over the weekend and even invite them and be okay knowing that you don't have all the answers, but you serve a God who does and that you can discover them with people. Do you have questions about what it looks like to have kingdom conversations or you, you highlighted other things or other things stood out to you? Leave them in the comment section below. You've heard me say that every day, but it's really true. I want to have a dialogue with you. I may not be able to see you in person, but between the You Are Sent group and if, between YouTube, we can talk. We can have a dialogue every day about God's word and applying next steps to our lives. Now, friends and family, let's read Acts chapter 28 and finish up this book together. As I said yesterday, there's some words in here from Greek towns and also some Roman towns that I don't pronounce very often, and so I will do my best to pronounce them with you. Acts chapter 28. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw this snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there for three days. From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. The next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Petulio. I'm sorry, Petuli. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. 
The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Apias and the Three Taverns to, the, to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I've done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me, because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people have come from there, has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that the people everywhere are talking about this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where they were staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the laws of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed amongst themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. I am sorry, I skipped too many pages. For the, this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years Paul stayed there, in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Father in heaven, may we speak boldly your kingdom wherever we are, whether we're in the store, whether we're in our homes, whether we are outside talking to our neighbors, whether we're at our workplace in the cubicles, wherever our feet take us, may we be faithful with your message in the kingdom of God. And may we, like Paul, invite all people to join your family. Amen. Church, congratulations for making it through the book of Acts. Until we see each other tomorrow, you are sent. Have a great day.